Well, thank you. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on where you are. Thank you for spending your uh, Friday with me, your Friday morning session with me. We do this session every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, if you wonder why I'm not speaking in Hebrew, because I see a lot of uh, Hebrew speakers, is because this is an open session, open to the public. Let's just make sure it is open to the public. I sure hope so. Yes, it is. Um, so people can join um, and participate. The whole purpose of this session is actually to educate, to inform, to uh, have a conversation with you guys. So you are most welcome to place your questions uh, while I speak, directly related to the topic of today's uh, session, or maybe indirectly related, hopefully uh, within um, the realm of real estate investing. I'm Danny Bedore, I'm based in Southern California. So good morning to you, or good evening, good afternoon. And today we're going to talk about the top mistakes uh, that I see investors are doing that are holding them back. And when I'm talking about mistakes, I'm not <coughs> talking about necessarily someone who is thinking about investing and not investing, but more uh, someone who maybe want to get started or want to move forward with investing altogether. Yeah, just, okay, that's much better. Um, so I'm going to kind of divide it in two parts. The stuff that I call the trivial one, which is more property, metro, you know, related, which I'm not going to spend much, too much time on. I'm just going to go through that list. And the stuff that we are more related to us investors. That's something that I think it's more important than the actual property or the actual market. So let's start with the typical, very trivial stuff, but I want to, I want to always, uh, I think it's important to remember. Um, and again, I'm not going to elaborate on, the, on this uh, section. I'm just going to go through a couple of things. The location is always important. We all know that. That's nothing new. The deal itself, right? The numbers, the, the purchase price, the rent, whatever you want to do is, is important. The team that uh, you work with is super important. You have strong team. You know, a strong team will compensate for your, uh, uh, for your, uh, for your, uh, for the thing you miss, right? So the, the, the your shortcomings. So strong team is important. Uh, yeah, we always want to try and buy low and sell high. Do proper due diligence, of course. Know your area, no doubt. Um, and the one thing I, I see a lot of investors don't bother doing is actually not taking the five, ten minutes of their time, setting their own investment criteria, a baseline, I should say. And use that baseline as um, as their cheat sheet when they're looking at properties. And when I say baseline, it could be as simple as, okay, I'm looking for this price, this price point with a mortgage, without a mortgage, with car garage, without square footage, age of the house, numbers. Doesn't have to be too detailed, but for me, the baseline needs to have somewhere between five to ten aspects of the deal, you know, parameters of the deal that at least, right, that will tell you when you're reviewing a property. And comparing it, is this property, how is this property here matches my baseline here, right? And if I have a good baseline that I've taken 5-10 minutes to set, then I can tell each property that comes through my inbox, should I even consider buying it or not. For example, let's say I only buy, want to buy houses that are 2010 built and after, right? And this is, so this is my criteria right here, and this house is 2000. You know, I rule it out immediately because it doesn't match that criteria. That's just, you know, it's simple stuff like a year, but, you know, investors don't, you know, you, investors, don't even take the time to, to, 
to set those uh, five to ten parameters on your end. So those are the trivial things: location, deal, team, buying low, selling high. I'm looking on the notes on the side. Uh, the diligence, knowing the market, and setting up your investment criteria. For me, very trivial. There's nothing new here. I'm sure all of you heard about those things in one way, one capacity or another, one term or another, and that's something I would like you guys to incorporate. I want to talk about other things. I want to talk about what I think is more critical than the the uh, the parameters or the uh, pointers I just mentioned. Okay. Now, if you hear something that you like, then by all means press like, so we know uh, uh, um, it makes sense, right? And if you hear uh, um, something that if I explain something and you're not cleared, can you you know just say hey, can you explain or re-explain or elaborate? I'm not sure. Okay, so you understand. I have about five or six items, what I call more critical items or pointers that I see investors are not practicing well. Now, let me just say, I have been working doing you know investments personally since 2002. So that means about 16 years of investing and I have guided, mentored, supported, however you want to define it, other investors in the process of investing since 2004. And I've probably been involved in that capacity in the purchase of more than 3,500 uh, 3, rental properties throughout the states and um, more than 100 flips. And that doesn't even count the number of times that I've been asked to consult, to uh, ask you know, questions, to review outside those 3,500 properties that I've been involved in supporting there are tons of other properties that have just been involved in question here, question there, uh, uh, and so on. Now, here's what I see, the pointers that I think very important for you. And those are not real estate related per se. They're more personality. They're more, um, um, you know, kind of creating your own personal setting, okay? You have your own personal setting. So here's a couple of things. Number one, by far, and I think this is the most important one, is to stay focused, okay? I see investors, I see two things. One, I see a lot of people, they go out, they decide they want to invest, they go out there and they uh, join a meetup, go to a meeting, sit down, hear someone talks about self-storage, right? And they get fully excited for, you know, and, you know, and want to do self-storage investing, which makes perfect sense, no problem. And then for a week, that's what they decide to do, pursue. And a week later, they attend another meeting, this time another group, but this time the speaker talks about multifamily. And they say, oh my God, this is it. So they ditch the ideas of self-storage and focus for the following week on multifamily, which makes perfect sense, right? Until they get to the third meeting, and now someone talks about you know, buying lots and subdividing, whatever. I'm just making those things up, and they get fully excited about that, okay? For me, if you're in that situation, right, and again, doesn't matter if you're a beginner, want to get started, or someone who has experience and maybe looking to shift their, their uh, investment focus or strategy, which is fine, right, just block those, uh, block that noise, okay? Just stay focused. If you decide you want to do subdividing land and that's the way it works for you, go for it. And stay focused on that, right? And be ready for it to give you some challenges and, and not everything will most likely it will not work well or be very challenging at the beginning. It's never like this. Never like, oh, let's do that and we're good. So block the other noise, stop attending those meetings, 
and focus on the niche you decide that it's most feeling for you. By the way, if you step back for a second and say, remember the baseline criteria I mentioned a few minutes ago? If you have the baseline criteria, this is like your vision, then you will be able to easily tell what's the right investment strategy is for you. And you have to stop attending meetings, right? The meetings are just noise in your life. They're destruction. Stop doing that, okay? Second thing, so we talk about focus number one. Number two, determination. This is real estate, and things will not go according to the plan. And there will be obstacles along the way. I guarantee, right? Some will be easier, some will be harder, right? But you know what? Expect those obstacles. If you get, if you give up too soon, okay, then you're not going to be able to execute. You're not seeing the big picture. So when that obstacle comes around, tackle it. Go around it. Find a solution. Don't get discouraged. It's not going to help you, right? So you better, uh, uh, you better overcome that challenge of an obstacle. Be ready. It will come. Be determined. Okay. Number three. You know, eliminate the distraction and noise that's coming in your life. And I don't mean about the focus, like I just said earlier. For me, it's more like this. You go out and you decide you want to invest in real estate. Okay. And then you, the one thing, you know, one, very early on, you're going to tell your, you know, immediate circles, family, good friends, what your plans are. Very soon you will see a lot of people are giving you advices. Most of those advices are not what to do, but what not to do. Okay. And most times those advices are, are being parroted by, by, because they heard someone else, not from someone who has an experience with investing. Let me give you an, a, a personal example. When I got started, I lived in Tel Aviv, Israel. I was a 26, 27-year-old, you know, engineer, you know, having his, having a, a corporate world job, and I decided this is what I want to do. Very soon, plenty of people were willing to give me advices, right? Not a single person who gave me an advice, one way or another, actually had experience with investing in real estate, not to mention investing altogether. Right? But plenty of advices. And I decided very early on that this is creating a lot of noise in my life. And I did two things. I plugged in, you know, the, you know, the earplugs. So I'm blocking those, that noise out. Right? And I'm putting those blinders on. So I'm blocking that distraction. Right? So be aware. Those people will be there and they'll give you plenty of advices. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, that pisses me off as well. Sometimes, I go to meetings and someone is immediately, you know, even someone who, who is an investor or investor wannabe, now they're in a you know, real estate investment room, but they, they are willing to give their advice with zero experience. And where's their experience? They hurt someone else, right? So they're copying someone else's. I heard that, you know, it's not, you know, all property managers are crooks. Really? You know, do you think it's really a valid, you know, statement, right? Obviously it's not, right? So be aware of that. You know, block that noise, uh, block that noise, that distraction, put your plugins and don't communicate. Maybe don't even communicate with the, not, with those people who are a negative vibe or a negative energy in your life, right? Cause they're gonna definitely pull you down. Now, when you're starting and you're, you, you lack the confidence, you don't need much for someone, you know, with a negative energy to actually put, you know, kind of discourage you from moving forward. So you know what? Trust your gut. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. By all means, you know, go ahead and invest. You know well you can be successful 
with investing. You see it every day, right? People around you are successful. You know, some did it this way, some did it in another way, some had a good start, a good mentor, a bad, it doesn't matter. It's doable. You know, you know, if you do it by yourself or you do it through, you know, some, some sort of a network, it's all, it's, you know, it's doable. Just make sure all the destruction of the bad negative advices block it out. By the way, sometimes those advices are coming from those same meetup groups that are distracting your focus. Okay. Number next, whatever we are, I think in number four, confidence. Well, you know what? First thing I'm going to tell you, every time I make an investment to date, and I've done so many of them, right? Every time I buy a property, I have fear in me, right? I never pull the trigger and say, hey, no problem, easy, right? Never. That's never happened, no matter how much time, how many times I've done it, right? So that fear is actually there to protect me. It's like, okay, did you check everything? Uh, did you miss anything? Did you, are you sure about this deal? You know, it's kind of the doubt in me. It's more of a protection mechanism, right? It's not going to go away. You don't have to prevent it. You have to use it and leverage it and say, okay, you know what? That's actually one of my checks and balances in my system, okay? There is no such thing, or at least I have not been aware of that. Sure bet and no problem and no issues, right? Expect that. But don't, you know, make sure even if you lack the confidence, to kind of try and compensate for that lack of confidence or lack of experience in other ways in order to make sure you're doing the best that you can deal-wise, right? Easy said, more challenging to, to, to execute, but you know what? Trust that, trust yourself about your execution, and if you don't, go, go out, research more, read more, consult more, and come back to the table, right? So the confidence is something that will be built over time. It doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to, you know, if you're one of those people who are, you know, fully confident right from the get-go, good for you. Most of us, me included, we have to build that confidence over time. Okay, so confidence. Next, mentorship. Okay, I think that if you find that mentor that is relevant to your strategy, it will save you time, stress, knowledge, learning curve, um, you know, money, mistakes, but no doubt, no doubt, right? Sometimes those mentors can come in a very expensive type of a format. I've seen that. You know, it's okay. I always wonder why people pay so much in the tens of thousand dollars, which is fine. Sometimes they come with a, with a reasonable fee of a thousand or two or three or whatever and help you execute. Don't be cheap. It will help you. Okay. Think about what it prevents and how much education you are just, you know, Stepping into someone else's shoes, so to speak, or platform and using all their systems and processes in place that have taken, you know, they've taken years to put together and you're good to go with a support system. So mentorship could save you a ton. You can do it by yourself. There's no doubt in my mind, right? Right. But sometimes you want a shortcut. That's a type of a shortcut. Okay. So mentorship is a, is a, is a good thing to have. By the way, I think one point really helps with the mentorship for people who, who are not sure about it. Remember a second ago I talked about the confidence or lack of confidence. When you have a mentor, you're like outsourcing the confidence, right, or lack of confidence to a, to a professional. So remember, just that alone for me is worth a lot to, to help you overcome the challenges. You know, it always comes with much more. So. Um, think about mentorship as outsourcing the confidence, outsourcing the troubles or a lot of the troubles onto someone else. It's not going to always provide you all the answers and 
you know, um, without any hiccups. There are always going to be hiccups. Obviously, this investing, there's always unknowns, but you're taking a big portion of your unknown and shifting it out, outsourcing it, so to speak. Okay. So mentorship is, is another thing. Um, two more things I want to mention and then we'll, we'll start recapping. Number one is, are you a doer? Are you a someone who sees the deal and can execute? Okay. If you're not, everything I just said is insignificant to you because you need to focus on what will make you pull the trigger and buy that house. So if you're not a doer, if you're not someone who is just kind of, um, just talks about it and talks about it and haven't done anything, forget about all the thing, other things I said. Try to find out the reason why you are not executing. Okay. I see a lot of people that are going online and meetings, online meetings and physical meetings and they talk and they talk and they, and, and, and you know, they talk a big game and then a year later or six months later, I see them say, or they, or we meet again. Oh, what have you done so far? It's been eight months since we spoke. Nothing. And then six months later, what have you done so far? Oh, nothing. And you know, sometimes I can already spot those, uh, those people, when I first meet them, I always tell myself, I think this is someone who would not do anything in the coming year anyway. So if you're not, if you're that person, ask yourself, why am I not a doer? What's the reason? And focus on that. Remember, that's very, very important. Uh, otherwise, this is all talk. I don't think that just by attending real estate meetings, you are a real estate investor. For me, that's not the case. I don't think that's the case. Um, for me, a real estate investor is someone who invests in real estate. By the way, I don't care about title. Who cares about being a called real estate investor or not? I care about the outcome of that, uh, um, um, you know, of what we're, uh, what we're doing. The whole point of investing is not for the sake of investing and, you know, it's for the sake of improving our financial life. That's the way I look at it. At least I'm sure you're okay. Two more things I want to mention. Uh, uh, one thing I think is also important. It's okay to be a little greedy. Now, greedy has a negative connotation. I know that. But if you are a little bit greedy, that means you're taking care of number one. And I think there's nothing wrong about it. I'm not saying be totally greedy, you know, and don't let anybody else, you know, benefit from what you're doing. I'm just saying it's okay to ask for more, right? I want to get more for that house that I'm selling. I want to do, I want to get, I want to buy this house for even less, you know, several thousand dollars than what they're asking. Be a little greedy. It will help you, right? Don't let it overtake your life, but it's okay to be somewhat greedy to, um, to, uh, uh, to take care of your best interest, your financial interest. Uh, and last thing I want to say is something that kind of just the yesterday today came, came up, uh, with, you know, a few conversations that I have with, uh, with investors. Maybe I should say sometimes you have to remember the big picture and not the small picture because Sometimes I see investors, even my investors, they're so focused on a small detail, which I know it's annoying detail, right? And they're forgetting about the, the big picture here. Let me give an example. One of my investors about two weeks ago told me he wants to sell a house. One of the houses he purchased with us about two years ago. And I was like, why do you want to sell? And, and he said, the, the reason I want to sell is because actually between some unexpected expenses, 2017, I lost, you know, financially, I lost $1,000, right? So I'm out of pocket $1,000, you know, when you compute everything, when you calculate everything. So he lost $1,000 in 2017 because there were some expenses, okay? And he predicts 
that he will lose another thousand in 2018. Now, obviously, that wasn't the plan, and this is part of the unknowns, okay? But here is a classical case of someone who just didn't see the big picture. And I told him, listen, here's, I don't think you should, you should sell because the thousand dollar you lost in 2017 and may lose in 2018, it's not fun. I admit it, right? First of all, it's not really a thousand dollars. It's less because it's deductible and, and there's tax consequences. So it's probably less than that. Okay. But let's just put that aside. Second, I don't know if you noticed, but in the 18 months you've owned that property, it appreciated about $20,000, a little bit over $20,000, right? So that means you can actually sell it today for $20,000, maybe even $25,000 more. And we're talking about a, a house that was purchased for about 185. So we're not talking about a, a million dollar home that went from a million to, you know, now a million and 25,000, right? That's not what I'm talking about. 125,000, maybe $190,000 home. And it's now in the 215, somewhere, you know, give or take, right? So if you're going to sell it, you're missing on all the, you know, the, what's coming with this house. The rent will improve over time. The cash flow will even itself. It's not even $1,000 in real life. You can definitely handle it financially. I know you can. I know you don't want to. But no, and, and it's been rented. And there's no bigger issues. Just that, right? So you know what? Suck it up a little bit. I know it's not fun. And remember the big picture. Why did you do it in the first place? If you focus on the $1,000 loss, which I don't want you to have uh, to be in that situation, but that can happen. And you're not seeing the big picture here. Why are you doing it? Who cares about $1,000 when you just gain $20,000, $25,000, you know, maybe even more than that in, in appreciation, right? And we went and made that decision to begin with, uh, choosing that market and choosing that area because we knew the cash flow is going to be tight and there's an upside potential for the appreciation. That was part of the decision getting into that house. But still, you know, he forgot to see that other part, right? And again, I don't want anybody to lose any cash. We don't plan for that, but those things can happen, right? Something is a major expense comes along and one year is in the negative. You know what? A small one, he'll recover, um, but it definitely happens, right? So remember the big picture because on a day-to-day, -day, if you are focusing on the, on the small stuff, then that will make your life miserable. More than 10 years ago, I had a client who bought... 12 houses. In, in maybe in two years, he bought 12 houses. And he kept calling and complaining on every little thing, right? He kept, you know, they didn't answer my phone, and there's like this, and the property manager there, and they promised. I mean, this guy was complaining like crazy. And we're like, oh my God. I, I think even at one point I told him, why you bother? Stop. Don't buy any more houses. At least stop that. Maybe start selling. Why are you doing this? I mean, you're, you're making your life miserable. And then he disappeared. He disappeared. I haven't heard from him. Nice guy, a firefighter in San Jose. Nice guy. He disappeared, right? I haven't seen him for several years. And then I think maybe four or five years ago, I can't remember exactly when, I go to an event in San Diego. And he comes in. He says, do you remember me? I said, of course I remember you. I know we spoke a lot of time. He said, listen, I saw, and I asked him, where did you go? I haven't seen you heard you, email, nothing for so many years. He said, listen, Danny, actually, I owe you a little bit of an apology. I said, what do you mean? He said, you probably remember I would be nuts on every little thing, right? And calling you and complaining. I said, yes, I do remember that. He says, one day I had a little bit of a, of a wake awakening or epiphany. I, I understood 
that I can go, I can choose to be picky on every little thing, and that will make my life hell, which it did, because I got worked out, stressed out on every little thing. And then I told myself, you know what? I got to accept that the noise of ownership is part of that aspect, right? Um, and those things will happen. And there's going to be unexpected expenses here and miscommunications there. And you probably even told me that, but I, for some reason I didn't really internalize it. And I decided to make a mind, a mind switch and not worry so much about every little thing. Yes, worry to make sure everything's fine, but not go and get all worked out about every little detail. And I told him I, I, I think it's great that he's doing it. I had to go through the, the same maturity as an investor myself years back. I remember having that conversation with myself that I can get stressed out over every little thing, or I can say, you know, remember to see the big picture. And he did. It took him some time, you know, a lot of uh, um, discomfort for me, um, because that will happen, right? So remember that. If you're doing it and you get stressed out, and you, if you're a control freak, you're probably going to you know, be in a in problem, in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a problematic situation here, because there's always noise of ownership. Always, okay? But if you are saying, okay, I understand the big picture and letting things go, then you will benefit from the benefits this real estate can, can give you, okay? So this is everything I wanted to mention uh, today. <coughs> um, if we have any questions, I'll be happy to take them now. While I know uh, Facebook takes time until questions are coming, you know, if someone's typing, it takes some time. Questions can be related for today. And questions can be related to real estate investing if you want. I'll just make some small announcements uh, uh, on, on, on my end for now. Um, I'm just looking for something here. Um, so a couple of things. Number one, we, have, um, we are putting our real estate investment fund together. A real estate investment fund is something we are... Um, looking to purchase 18 rented houses uh, 18 rented houses in north houston all occupied all with tenant in good areas <coughs> so that's something that uh, we are just uh, launched uh, if you want uh, more information about that that means you can be a little bit more passive investor and participate in a bigger fund versus an individual investor owning one or two or six you know properties directly if you want to be a part of that, let us know. We'll be able to provide you additional information. We already have it online. Um, that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, if you want to uh, get our ebook, just, uh, you know, it's free. You can uh, download it. We can put uh, maybe a link over here. Um, and I also want to mention that we do this every Friday. Well, we welcome topics from you, questions from you. Um, by all means, um, you can send us uh, on, you know, as a comment directly to us, however you see fit, and we will either talk about something that you requested. We've had uh, people request uh, uh, certain topics and um, address uh, uh, specific questions. Most of the time, I choose a topic based on questions that I get through the week. So I see what questions are coming, and this always, oh, this is a good, a good topic to cover. Uh, everything that we're doing is recorded. It's available on Facebook. It's available in audio on our podcast. It's available uh, on our YouTube channel as well. 
So you can actually go and uh, watch this video and previous ones and other videos and other podcasts that we do. So we put a lot of information out there. Um, with that said, I am almost done. I want to thank, I want to thank Nir for not asking any questions today. I'm just kidding, of course. Nir, I always welcome your questions. Uh, and usually you do. Um, and since I don't see, um, any more questions coming in, I will, uh, wrap it up. I want to say thank you. Have a great weekend. Have a great Friday, and you know where to find us. If you need some uh, specifics, information, details, etc., we'll be happy to discuss with you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, your patience. Thank you for your likes. See you next week, or maybe even before. Bye-bye, everyone.